In this episode, Rick and I come back from the grave. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. Rick, we are back. What is up? I love your excitement and enthusiasm. (laughs) It's the uh, only excitement you're going to get from me. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's good to be back. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, Kind of uh, been... So for, for people who this is your first episode, it's been what, like six months, something like that since we recorded an episode. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I've kind of been, I've been looking forward to this for like, we decided, I think two or three weeks ago to do this. And I've just kind of been like updating my list where all the things I want to talk about and all that. It's good to, good to be back. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I did, uh, you know this, but uh, for those of you listening, I have contracted COVID. Um, it is my first time with COVID and the whole family is out for the count. So this is the first time that uh, all three of us, my wife, my son, um, and me have been sick at the same time. And uh, it is a bonding experience. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> you, you were saying the, the symptoms are, it's, it's pretty rough. It's way, uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, I can't recall feeling like this before it's different, mm. a different kind of sickness. Um, cl- flu would be the closest thing. Yeah. That's, I keep waffling back and forth between like, everyone's going to get it. So I should let my guard down a little versus like, but it sounds really shitty and I don't want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> We've been really careful. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry to hear that. Well, you're you're powering through, uh, quite the trooper. Hopefully, you you can make it this whole episode. <laughs> yes, if I say anything foolish, uh, I have an excuse. Yes, <laughs> cool. So, um, we are not only is this our first episode back in a long time, but it's also going to be it's roughly the new year still. I know it's late January now, but we're kind of going to do an annual recap of 2021 and looking forward to 2022. But before we dive into that, I think. Probably people would like to hear why we are re- well, why we stopped doing this six months ago or whenever it was, and why we're starting again. So, uh, do you want to just give a little recap on why, from your per- point of view, we stopped in the first place? Yeah. So, um, the the primary reason we we stopped was I I decided to take a full time job, and it was unclear at the time how compatible. Uh, this podcast and the topics we want to discuss would be with me taking on that full-time job. And, um, now that, you know, we, you know, have, have had, I've had time to get settled, um, and resituate my entrepreneurial, uh, side ventures. Um, it's become clear that, yeah, actually we can do this podcast on maybe not the same weekly cadence that we used to, but maybe a less frequent every other week cadence where um, we continue to talk about um, startup to last, uh, building companies uh, for the long-term type topics, um, which actually, um, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, uh, are even more relevant to me now that I have uh, less of pressure to bring uh, income in at Hmm. at, uh, my company. Yeah, your runway is basically unlimited as long as you have this other job, right? Correct. So right now, you're... So I'm the same. Less annoying CRM's my thing, uh, you know, Day-to-day things have happened, but like big picture, I'm where I was more or less. There you currently... That, well, there are two big things that have changed. Yeah. <laughs> you, have okay. a ma- you have a beard. I have a beard now, yes. <laughs> and your plant uh, behind you has grown tremendously. 
That's true. We need to start doing video, uh, posting this on YouTube so people can see my beautiful plant. Uh, <laughs> he has a, a wall, a, a plant that kind of starts at like the fireplace and has just taken over the entire wall. It's like a vine plant. I'm about to start the wall in front of me. I'm going to, I'm going to live in a jungle pretty soon, but, uh, so, but more or less things are the same for me. Can you, what's your status right now in terms of your entrepreneurial stuff and your full-time job? What are you doing? So I think the way we left it over the last, uh, episode, um, was I was going to, uh, attempt to bring on, uh, someone to help me run leg up health and continue to scale it based on, um, the traction that we had created. And I did do that. I actually, um, we brought on a general manager, uh, his name is JD Cleary. I worked with him at my last company, People Keep. Yeah. Um, we've know, known each other for a very long time. I and even so, worked with him a little bit back in the day, yeah. right before I left Zane Benefits. He joined. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it even brings the leg up health start, uh, a le- less annoying CRM family even closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, you know, he, he, he's come on, uh, and came on it to October, has ramped beautifully. We've added clients, retained. We'll talk about this um, later, but um, anyway, he is. Um, we're we're in uh, the talks uh, to get him to come on full time as a partner. Um, so that'll be a topic I'd love to talk to you about sometime. Yeah, cool. And then you've got your day job. Can mm-hmm. we, I don't oh, think yeah, you sorry. said anything I, I, about that last. Yeah, time. let me. Yeah, like how am I spending my time? So that let me answer the the larger question here is like how am I thinking about a week, for example, um, with all my uh, priorities. So I've got um, my full time job at Windfall, um, which is a data as a service company. Um, it's really cool. Like uh, right now, the 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 focus is primarily on wealth intelligence data. So we help like nonprofits and commercial organizations better understanding understand the wealth of their constituents. Um, on the nonprofit side, that's primarily do- uh, potential donors um, that that could write uh, checks to fund the organization. On the commercial side, it's primarily consumers. There's a lot more than that um, that goes on, but my role there is primarily helping helping uh, to scale the organization um, in an operational role um, capacity. I mean, um, and so I help. Uh, you know, my my first major project was helping with talent acquisition and and getting um, hiring more people, and we've grown a lot since I've been there, which has been a really exciting uh, thing. So that's my sort of primary day job. Um, it you know if if uh, windfall needs me, it takes priority over everything else professionally. Um, and that's uh, very important. Um, second, um, I've got my, I continue to write at BricklandQuist.com, um, which is a, a great little like kind of weekly outlet. I did take a break in December to see if I wanted to continue doing it and I missed it tremendously. So I'm still doing a weekly newsletter on my personal blog. Um, and then uh, my third th- thing is Leg Up Health, um, which uh, is we've, we've, we've narrowed the focus um, completely on helping Utahns with their own individual health insurance. If you listened to the podcast previously, you may remember me uh, talking about targeting businesses with a, with a venture called Leg Up Benefits. We've rolled that into Leg Up Health. So we do continue to serve businesses as well, but we do it under the Leg Up Health brand. Um, and, uh, but very simple business. We target consumers who buy health insurance through the marketplace and we can either help, um, a, a family buy health insurance for the first time through the marketplace, or if the health insurance, if they already have health insurance, a family in Utah already has health insurance, we can become their agent um, on that existing plan. Cool. Um, that's awesome. How, if you were to guess, what percentage of what you want to talk about here, like, are you pretty much primarily planning on talking about leg up health or is some windfall stuff going to creep in? What do you expect here? I'm hundred percent leg up health. Uh, Windfall is a venture-backed company, um, and it is going big. Uh, it is not um, on the start to last trajectory. Um, so, uh, very uh, 
it, it, occasionally there may be some insights to share. Um, and I may I use uh, the podcast to promote um, certain things that I'm trying to accomplish at Windfall uh, for Windfall's mm-hmm. benefit. But um, uh, for the most part, it's going to be focused on uh, Leg of Health. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully that's a good update for everybody. Um, should we dive into the annual update stuff or is well, there anything else? I, feel like I, I just, I mean, something's got to have changed in your, on your world. I guess we'll cover it um, as part of the reflection, uh, but, mm-hmm. but you've had a lot, we've had a big gap from you. Are there any like major things that you'd want to talk about before we jump into the, to the topic? Um, you know, it's funny, like when we talk every week, there's stuff going on every week, but it's like, you know, we grew 8% in the last six months or whatever, like stuff's moving forward, but existentially is anything different about the business? No, we're, we're doing some hiring right now, although it's mostly to replace people that, uh, have left. So in terms of our size, like the employee size, uh, like headcount hasn't really changed much product is better, but it's just kind of creeping along. Um, but I'll actually say, you know what, I should have a better answer to this. And the fact that we haven't been podcasting is one of the reasons I don't, which is one of the reasons I appreciate this so much. And I'm glad we're going to be back to it is it wasn't forcing me to like, it's almost like a daily journal or a weekly now biweekly journal where I'm sure stuff has happened and I can't even tell you what it is, which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we'll, we'll change that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you want to jump um, into uh, to updates? Yeah, let's do it. So again, this is going to kind of be the annual. Well, we're not we're not doing our normal weekly updates today, right? We're just going to mm-hmm. do our kind of annual recap stuff. If you go back, I don't know what episode it is. I think this is episode one ten or something. So probably episode sixty something would have been last. Oh no, we we haven't been recording every week. My math is wrong. Anyway, if you go back to last year, you can hear uh, what we predicted. But so we're going to do a combination of review what we predicted last year and say like did it happen did we hit our goals and stuff while also setting new goals for next year right totally um you want to start or should i well why don't we start with personal updates um i we, so every year we we set um, well every year for the last couple of years we've set um personal and professional goals and why don't we start by looking back and uh, at what we set said we were going to do personally yeah. um for f- and whether we accomplished that or not you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So what what I said my goal was, and so, some of the things are things we knew would happen and some we, we didn't. What I said was I wanted to spend more time with friends and family, especially once the pandemic was under control. And I kind of acknowledged, will that even happen? I don't know. But um, I'm still very risk averse, but the, the vaccine changed a lot for me. Like I'm, I'm still not going, I'm not, I'm not living my normal life, but I'm very much seeing people in small private settings uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm, I'm giving myself a check mark for this. I think my relationship with my parents grew a lot during the pandemic, par- partially because we were bubbled with them, but also like once summer hit, had a lot of friends over to our relatively new house. Uh, I, f- I feel like, yeah, my social life in 2021 was as good as I could have hoped for given the circumstances. And I mean, you did a really awesome ski trip recently. I did. We did. I did my first like long ski trip where I could kind of take it easy in Utah. I remember you saying like, "Hey, I kind of get these vacations now. This is pretty nice." Yeah, I'm I'm turning old, <laughs> uh, but it was good because I saw you. I came to Utah where Rick lives, and that's when we decided to restart the podcast. So it was Absolutely. productive too. Yep. Um, and then I'll give a couple updates that I didn't say, I didn't list them as uh, goals last time, but I'd say two other kind of big things that happened in my personal life. One is I started exercising. Uh, I got a Peloton, I think, last February or something like that. Um, I fell off the wagon a little bit at the end of 2021. I'm back on it now. 
but overall, I've gotten a lot more exercise in the last year than I had the, the prior several years. Um, so that's one thing. And when I say a lot of exercise, I mean like a hard bike for 20 minutes, three times a week. I'm not like, I know you're, you're kind of a maniac with exercise. So I'm not, I'm not coming close to you here. <laughs> I'm not, I've, I've fallen off the wagon too. So really? um, no, you've, yeah. you, you've, you're doing better than me. All right. Kids will do that to you, I guess. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, well, I, probably your job does that to you more than anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah you've, you've got a real job now. Uh, the other one is Shelly, my wife and I froze embryos. So we aren't sure if we're going to want to have kids one day or not. Um, but just to kind of, I'm 36, she's 34. So like we're hitting the age where biologically, uh, a lot more risks get introduced if you have kids later than this. So we fertilize embryos. So if we do choose to have children at some point, we are having a 34 year old's kids, not, uh, an older person's kids, basically. (laughs) Uh, technology is amazing. Thank you. It's incredible. I, I can't, and it, it just works. It's, this is a tangent. Every time I get on a plane and the plane takes off, I'm like, I thought maybe it wouldn't work this time. <laughs> I thought maybe planes aren't actually figured out and we've just been getting lucky up to this point, but it just works every time. <laughs> well, that's a, that's exciting um, and it's smart at the same time. So cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, expensive too. Like it'd be nice if everyone had the luxury of doing this, but uh, it it's mm, it's pricey. I bet. Uh, anyway, what, what's up with you? Well, my two main things that I said I was going to focus on personally was first, I wanted to get sleep under control. I was really worried about um, sleeping through the baby crying because I was on uh, taking sleep medication. Um, uh, and the second was adjust to being a dad. They go hand in hand. Um, uh, I I would call adjust to being a dad done. Um, I kind of get it now. I'm, I'm at the point now where if we had another kid, I'd be like, okay, um, hmm. table's probably not there. Uh, but <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things like I, I get it and I, it's a lot of work and um, it's awesome. Hardest thing I've ever done. Best thing I've ever done. All the things that they say. Um, but yeah, like probably the bigger accomplishment here was the sleep thing. Um, so I had taken sleep medications as I graduated college. Um, I really I've always had really horrible uh, abilities, uh, hard time sleeping. And it's mostly falling asleep uh, that I've had trouble with. Once I fall asleep, I'm usually fine. Um, so anyway, I started taking a, a medication that, uh, that was actually like a antidepressant repurposed as a sleep med, not addictive sleep medication. And I went cold Turkey off of it. I had no idea that you weren't supposed to do that. Um, I don't, we had episodes about, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, I, I think. think we talked and, about this. And it was like, it like messed with my brain chemistry. But anyway, I got off those before the baby came. Um, and ever since then I've been able to go to sleep on my own. Um, the, pre- the, probably the, the single biggest Im- uh, thing that had, has an impact on my sleep that I've noticed is drinking caffeine. So, um, I, the major life change I made is I do not drink caffeine afternoon anymore and, uh, I am able to go to sleep on my own free will now. And it's uh, really, really awesome. Wow. Congrats. I mean, that sleep is, uh, I know I'm just saying something we all know, but like is, there's very little that's more important than that. So yeah, that must be a huge unlock for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, huge unlock. And, um, so like, I feel like a life battle has been won. Um, anyway, uh, I also, uh, I think some areas where this will kind of lead into next year, but um, outside of daily walks, I've really, um, since I've become a dad and also taking on the new the role, but primarily becoming a dad, I have not been able to figure out a regular workout routine. Um, so I've, you know, that's something I'm thinking about for 2022. I'll talk about a little bit. And then uh, the other area that I'm, that I think is a weakness is um, Sable and I used to go on a date every Friday before Oliver was born, like without, every Friday evening, like we would be- re- very rarely miss it. And mm-hmm. we've been on exactly one date, just the two of us since Oliver's <laughs> been born. And it was rushed. Like we were like 
running back to the to, to the uh, house um, when he was like three or four months old. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about that when we get to the 2022 stuff. Yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, on to the professional then, I suppose. Should we, should I, should you ping pong back to me or do you yeah, go ahead. snake it? Should we snake it? Okay. I can't remember. Uh, um, what, what did you say you were going to do? I don't know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we, we can just keep, keep with this order. I'll go first here. Um, so yeah, professional goals. And obviously this is a podcast about business. So this will be the more substantial portion here. Um, so yeah, my, what I said last time, what I wanted to do, one was get marketing to the point that it can be delegated. Um, and I'd say I did that, but with a caveat. So Eunice on our team has been, she was a CRM coach and has transitioned into a marketing role. She did that before, like probably around the time I was setting that goal. But even though she had become the full-time marketer, I still felt like I needed to own, like, I did, we didn't know what her goals would be, for example. Um, and I feel like at this point, I don't, I don't worry about it. She, we meet every other week. She comes to me and has ideas and stuff like that. And I provide whatever help I can, but like mostly I, I don't like think about what are we going to do from a marketing standpoint outside of those meetings, mostly with the caveat that I have kind of embraced that. I think product led growth needs to be a thing we take more seriously. Like in the past, I always approach product led growth as like, let's make the product better and then we'll grow more, which works to a point when you're small. But I think now we need to get more deliberate about it. We're like, a project needs to have a clear, not like our customers will be happier, but by doing this, somehow new people will hear about us in a very concrete way. Um, so I, Eunice will be involved in that, but like that's as the product manager, that's also my job. So I think I'm, I'm not delegating that part of growth, but all the non-product led growth stuff, I'm just not thinking about these days. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We, I, I should say we still haven't like cracked growth. Like it's not like we're taken off, but I, I feel comfortable that she's doing as good of a job as I could. So what's the point of me worrying about it? And it's progressing without you thinking about it. And at some point she's going to, she's going to, well, first of all, it's, she's making progress on, yeah. you know, and at some point it's going, she's going to identify like a big opportunity and she's going to present it to you and, and you're going to be like, go for it because you've built all this domain expertise and context. Now you ha can run with that project. Otherwise she wouldn't be able to do that. Absolutely. And honestly, even if that doesn't happen, the saving my time, I value mm. pretty highly. So it's like, mm -hmm. even if she, if she can match what I was doing, which honestly I wasn't doing much, yeah. uh, if she can match that, this, this is a win just from that, I think. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I said as another goal to design a new appointment scheduler product, I'd say I sort of did that. I did like the amount of design that I wanted. I got a lot done on that, but also a lot done on other stuff. I'm, I'm going to talk more later about my relationship with design right now, but I, I'm giving myself a medium pass on that one. Uh, we said, what was our biggest worry last year? I said, mm. my biggest worry was growth leveling off after. So in 2020, we raised prices. You kind of, when you raise prices, you kind of get free growth built in because your average revenue per user is going up for a while. Um, and I was like, I'm worried prices are going to level off after that, or, or after that wears off. That's still kind of a worry of mine, um, but it didn't happen this year. This year was pretty good for growth. It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty good. Um, but the price increase is still a part of that. Do you feel like, are you still worried about this? Yes. Okay. Um, my, my worry for this coming year is going to be slightly different, but similar. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, we just don't control growth um, in a way that I want to. It's, it's always been fine. It's never really been a problem, but in the back of my head, I'm always like, if, 
If it if growth just stopped, I would have no idea what to do about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and then I'll do one more and then I'll pass it over to you, I guess. Uh one thing I wanted to learn, I wanted to relearn how to iterate and move fast. Um like in in the early startup days you you do this by default and then you get bigger and it kind of slows down. Um yeah, I I don't think I knocked this out of the park, but I, I do feel like we're iterating faster and um like just in the last couple of weeks, we've made a lot of not like massive decisions, but the type of thing that you could spend a month talking about it. And instead I just posted in Slack, like, I'm thinking about doing this. If you have a problem with it, tell me now. Nobody said anything, so I did it. You know, I, I feel like I'm doing okay on that. I'm interested, uh tell me if this is too much of a tangent, but like are are how have you as you've tried those things, have you created f- like unintended consequences that were negative? Like, like when you just went and did that without waiting for someone to say something, like was, was there a negative reaction? Um, I don't think so. Cause I, I kind of oversimplified. I like, let me give you a specific example. We're changing our starting, our base compensation for what we call the thriving wage. I'm sure you remember you talking about in the past. We're changing it. We're increase. We're basically front loading it more raising what it starts out as, but the increases over the time are slower basically. I, a week ago, brought this up in a meeting. People were like, that sounds interesting. Over the last week, I've given people lots of opportunity to weigh in. And today, we uh, I was like, okay, decisions made, we're doing it. So it wasn't like too snap of a decision, but it could have taken, I could have let that linger for a lot longer. Okay, got you. Okay, cool. I'd say the, the main way where it is sometimes disruptive is sometimes other people are the ones who need to iterate faster. And it it's one thing for me to do it on my projects. It's another thing when I'm like looking over someone's shoulder and I'm like, Hey, you're at the, you're at the part where you just have to ship it, you know, (laughs) um, that's a little bit harder. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. So yeah, I know I'm only halfway through my list, but this feels like a nice stopping point for you to take over. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just go through the same sort of things. Um, so my, my primary, I had two goals related to professionals and then biggest worry. And then what I wanted to learn. So my two goals were, um, first was get to 10 K and MRR. This was a big X fail. Um, I think we're at, um, two and a half K right now, MRR, maybe closer to three, um, after the, you know, we'll, we'll see what January is based on the new clients. Um, but, uh, basically in August I decided to join windfall and the big growth quarter n- never came. So I feel okay about this. Um, also instead of like trying to do, trying to, um, you know, hire someone full-time. I hired uh, someone who could grow with the company on a part-time basis um, and kind of prioritize a long, like start to last mindset, a longer term view. Um, So Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm curious if you had not joined Windfall and been a hundred percent present for like up health during open enrollment, what, how different do you think it would have been? Very, very probably would have exceeded this goal. Okay. Um, Yeah. I feel, I feel really good about like, we have a recipe that works, um, and it's just a question of increasing the activity level around that recipe. JD's uh, proving that already um, in yeah. his first few months. Cool. Um, so, so um, the second, th- so so fail there, but but you know we'll we'll talk more about that in 2022. We're in a much much better position for other reasons. Um, uh, my second goal was to automate and delegate uh, so that the the service so that it can be scalable. Um, and this has actually been accomplished because JD now owns all 100% of the service responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can, you know, when I am working on like health, I'm 100% focused on the business um, or the product uh, automation type stuff, um, which is the stuff I really love. 
do you have evidence yet? So there's kind of two ways to interpret that it's scalable. One is like, you're not doing it. You, you delegated it. But another is like, if you were a hundred times bigger, could you have a hundred JDs? Do you have a sense of that yet? Yes. Um, so there are, there are several, um, we had some episodes about this last year, but like there are several things that were not scalable about the, like the service, um, that I, this gets into my, what I wanted to learn. So one of the things I wanted to learn was learning more coding and especially like working with APIs and, uh, generating dynamic emails. The reason I wanted to learn this was, um, one of the most, the biggest issues I had going into the year was I had this, I was sending a manual email out to, to like 120 different users. And so mm-hmm. by, by focusing the business on just Utah, um, and just marketplace, we eliminated half the users. And then we, <laughs> um, we built a script. I wrote a script by learning how to code, calling an API, several APIs, um, to generate a script um, to generate um, dynamic emails to automate that monthly update. So we've, we, we really do ha- do have high confidence that the service is scalable um, uh, with the current um, focus, uh, na- narrower focus and automated service. Great. That, yeah. I mean, that, that was your, no- I think your number one stressor or point of yeah, biggest worry. That was, my yeah. biggest worry was being able to scale service. And I, I, I wrote, um, I'm not worried about that anymore after, um, yeah. now that JD's on and we've accomplished some of those, uh, automation things. That's great. Yeah. I learned a lot with coding last year. Um, that was a big, that was a big, like in reflection, like that was really fulfilling and I don't want to be a coder. I'm sure of that, but like, <laughs> I really, I love being, I, I like that I'm able to like patch things now. It makes, I mean, everyone gives the advice to a technical founder you got to do some marketing and you very rarely hear the opposite to a non-technical founder. Like not that you have to be a professional software engineer, but like you're starting a company, you got to do a little bit of it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that that happened. Even if you really don't need to do that again in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll just transition into the next section, which is the biggest disappointment. Um, you know, I wrote this and it's like kind of sad, but at the same time, it's true. My biggest disappointment is not being able to work on leg up health full time. Um, I, I do like, I don't, I, I think I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm doing the right thing and I don't have regrets about this, but I am, there's a, there is a real feeling of disappointment and sort of missing out when uh, JD sends updates. And um, so, you know, anyway, that's, that's disappointing, but um, it's going to be fine. Yeah. That's we, we we both talk a lot about the upsides of a startup to last thing, but it comes with sacrifices, and yeah, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of you know I I wasn't quite as extreme as you, but for the first two or three years of less knowing CRM, I was I was working for you basically as a kind of contractor, uh, and it was good. I liked working with you and all that, but yeah, I, I was feeling the same thing. I was like, that's twenty hours a week I could have put towards less knowing CRM. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Like the, the thing that makes us okay is the longer term vision. And it's like, listen, I'll do this for as long as I have to. And it's yeah. okay. Cool. Uh, you What's your keep biggest going? disappointment? My biggest disappointment. Um, yeah. So one of the things I was really excited about going into 2021 was like the dev team felt like it had really hit its stride. One of the reasons for that is a developer named Kelly who had come up through our coding fellowship. Like I taught her how to code and right around then, she was just getting really good. Um, due to the pandemic, primarily in various circumstances, she wanted to move back to New York, where she's from, and take care of her parents and stuff. So she left in the spring of 2021 or something. Um, and you know, like it's fine. We we, uh, we hired a couple more people. the The team's doing great, but it a it sucks to lose her, and b um, the momentum 
took a big hit into like I think we're back. Basically, I'm gonna say a lot of stuff this time that sounds like last time where I'm like, I think we're hitting our stride. And you may be like, you sound like a broken record. And the thing is, it got hurt, it, it got knocked down because of that, and now it's back. But we kind of lost six months, nine months or something of uh momentum that way. Uh, interesting. Um sad, yeah. but, but good good job getting it back. Yeah, I mean it happens. One one of the things I'm realizing though is it, we've got 20 people ish 18 but we're hiring two right now um if you keep people on average for five years per person which is a long time that's a lot longer than the average company you're still replacing four people a year which is like a lot hiring four people a year is not easy um and it's it's starting to kick in the reality that just this is a uh, like hamster wheel you never get off Mm. yeah integrating a new person probably one of the biggest appreciate things I learned to appreciate by joining windfall so far is just how big of a deal it is to, to join a new company. Cause I hadn't really experienced that firsthand before. Um, I mean, I did like way long time ago, but joining a company that's moving fast and then adding new people to it. Every time you add a new person to, to a team, it just totally, it, it resets everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a small company every quarter adding a new person to a 20 person team disrupts everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the hiring process itself just takes it like mm. when you're, when you're planning for projects and stuff like on the dev team, I'm like, here are all the projects I want to get done. And now I have to be like, did I build in the, you know, 80 hours it's going to take to hire someone? Like mm-hmm. I, probably I didn't No. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So next up is biggest learning. Obviously we already said what we wanted to learn. What did we actually learn? Uh, this is going to be a theme for me today. I learned I want to be a product designer. Um, not like I want to quit this job and go work just as a product designer, but um, the indiv- I, I learned that I like being an individual contributor with some of my time. I like being a CEO also. I'm not planning on stopping that, but I need a little bit of individual contributor work. And Back in the day, I was like half design, half coding, but really like I have an actual computer science degree and no formal education on design. So I I was always a more confident coder. Uh, That world has passed me by. I I still will be in technical meetings, but like I can't keep up with the the changing code landscapes. But I've decided I really want to up my design skills and spend my time like officially leaning into the role of a product designer. That's pretty cool. Um, this was a philosophical sort of like wondering about yourself question last this time last year, and it feels mm-hmm. like you've like, kind of clarified where like who you want to be to a degree um, for the next ten years uh, at Less Than CRM. Yeah, and I mean it could always change, but uh, you know if you're not learning and growing and stuff, I feel like that's not good. And I think the my my learning and growing as like a manager and stuff. I, in no way do I want to say I've I've learned it all, but we're not growing headcount in the same way. And like I, things are under control there, so it's not pushing me quite as much. So I need something to challenge me more. And I I think an individual contributor type thing is probably the right fit for now. Yeah, and we talked we had a couple of episode about this. I feel like last year where it was like if you were going to retain one thing being the CEO founder of this, of your company, what would that one thing be? And you weren't sure, Mm -hmm. like you thought it was product design, but it sounds like it is product design Yeah, for me. You know, I don't, I I don't have that clarity. I don't know what it would be. Hmm. Well, you've got a while to figure it out, huh? Yeah. I've got plenty (laughs) of stuff to worry about for that. Um, uh, What was your biggest learning? 
Biggest learning, um, sharing the journey uh, with JD at Leg Up Health is way, way better than going doing it by myself. Oh my gosh. It is um, like, yes, I'm disappointed that I'm not full-time at Leg Up Health, but man, it, there's something even better about working with JD that makes up for it. Um, sharing learnings, feeling like not feeling crazy about like when you're excited about things, um, validation, you know, all the... Uh, you know, sharing, like just being with someone, uh, in the journey. It's just really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, in our world, a lot of solo founders, which I think is great. And there are a lot of arguments in favor of it, but I, I do think it's just, it's, it's so nice having, having a, at least one person and even better when you've got a team of people to work with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I'm you with know you. this, this is probably no, no surprise to you. Yeah, well, an interesting thing that like a founder is different from uh, employees or maybe long term, that's not as true. But like, uh, I, I also wonder, like, if you wait, JD came on relatively early in your story, like you're not even really ramen profitable for yourself yet. I wonder how different it would be if JD came on like five years from now and you're like, I got everything figured out. I can pay you a salary. So it's not, there's not nearly as much risk. It would be a different thing. I imagine not the same thing. This, he, this, the, I am treating JD and he, fe- I, I hope that he feels, um, like a partner in the business mm-hmm. and you know, we're going to have an episode about that in the next few uh, weeks because I need help thinking about how to design that in a way that, um, makes it, that, that ensures he feels that way. Um, you know, you know, over the long term. So, yeah. yeah. Um, other cool. updates. Um, I I did. Um, I did. In addition to JD, get a little greedy, and I did try to bring on another friend as a marketing contractor. <laughs> once JD was doing so well, you know. Um, but like even before before that, he this was, this guy was awesome. Before this, uh, and I, I haven't gotten his permission to mention him, so I'm not going to say anything. But like he he ended up taking another job as like head of growth at another, at another startup, um, a later stage startup, uh, much later stage startup. Uh, before he got fully ramped. So it didn't work out, but um, it was a good, I was proud of myself for trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you, you didn't really lose much for trying, right? Just a little time. I have money. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, the other updates, this is related to the individual contributor thing, but I'm definitely like less of a manager now. Um, I've, I think I've kind of said before that there's like in the early days you do everything and then you hire people and you're managing them. But the, the long-term job of a CEO, I don't think is like managing people or the people you oversee are VPs of whatever, who, if they're doing their jobs, they don't need to be managed in the same way, right? You don't mm-hmm. need to like sit down every other week and be like, tell me about your feelings, hopefully with, with that team of people. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting a lot closer to that because Robert, who runs the dev team, he was doing it a year ago, but he was kind of new to it. He's really taken it over. And Michael already ran the CRM coaching team that way, where I still interact with the, the developers and the CRM coaches, but not really as their manager anymore. So like this is going to seem like a weird milestone, but someone just quit. or he, he hasn't left yet, but he announced he's leaving the dev team. Robert, he went to Robert before he came to me. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, you, you got, <laughs> you, you, you were the first person I know someone was leaving the company. Yep. And then Robert, Robert scheduled a meeting with me. He was just like, Hey, can we, can we talk later? And I was like, about what? And he was like, let's just talk later. And I was like, no, Robert's quitting. (laughs) Shit. He can't do that to you. Did you tell him that he can't do that to you? He he immediately saw my face and he was like, I'm not quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, no, it's a great feeling though, to be like, things can happen. Like, I I don't know. I I struggle with delegation, not because I don't trust people, but I just, I feel guilty about it. I'm like, 
if I'm doing my job, shouldn't I be the one doing this work? And I'm just coming to terms with, and, and the, the other people the company are getting more experienced and mature where it's like, stuff runs mostly without me. There are still a handful of individual contributors I manage in the sense like they're not on a team. Mm-hmm. So like Eunice is the only marketer. So I guess she's like sort of like a Robert, but it's different anyway. But yeah, more or less, I'm, I'm doing less management than I used to. Is that a good thing? I love it. Yes. I yeah. love leadership and I love setting vision and communicating things to the company. I don't like the day-to-day work of management of like, I have to keep track of all my notes and make sure that I meet with people on a schedule and this and that. I, I don't really love that work personally. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, we signed our biggest client to date. I mean, this was the same big one I was talking about a year ago, but they actually closed this year. And I think we've got about 300 users with them and they're bringing another couple hundred on this year, probably. So and that's that, cool. And they've actually gotten paid for this. Yes, yes. Like, wow. We've made a decent amount of money already. And um, they paid us to do some custom, I say custom development for them, but again, it's stuff we wanted anyway. None of this is just for them. It's for all our customers, but they they paid us to reprioritize, basically. We got half of that, which was a $25,000 payment up front. We get the other half uh, this year, like in a, in a couple months when we finish all the projects. So yeah, like money's actually coming in from That's this. pretty cool. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. I know it seems like it would never happen. Who closed it? Uh, Alex. Good good job, Alex. Shout yeah, out to Alex. It was a big win for him. Um, and then the final update I'll give is we this year fully funded our treasury. And let me explain what I mean by that. Um, the treasury is what we call basically our, we have a separate bank account that's like, hopefully we never spend any of this money. This is when the pandemic hit and we, you know, those two months when like, it looked like we we're about to be in a horrible depression and then mm-hmm. nothing makes sense and everything bounced back. Um, during those two months, I was like, we do not have enough money, uh, to handle, like we would have been fine even if it had been really bad, but I was like, we should ha- to be responsible. We should have more money in the bank. Um, so we set the goal of having two months of revenue at all times, just in this other account. That's not, we, we have other money that's like meant to be spent. Um, but we call that the treasury. So as of this year, we have two months of revenue in the treasury, which feels good. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it it's what's so great about it. We talk about buffer sometimes or, or margin or however you want to describe it. Slack, whatever Slack. you want to call it. Yeah. It used to be every decision had a stress to it. Cause I was like, if I'm wrong, like this, I'm, we might, maybe this costs $10,000 more than I thought it was going to cost. And I'm like, who cares? Like, not that I, I don't, it's not that I don't care about $10,000, but it's that we've got the Slack. So if I'm wrong, we, we'll just deal with it. Then I don't have to like stress out about every single little thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's buffer is a, much a easier really, I think buffer is one of the most like core, like start to last concepts that I've taken to heart over the, yeah. after talking to you is like, I build it in everywhere now. Whereas I, like at my last startup, like I, I took everything to the edge. Like yep. there's like a razor thin margins. Like now it's like, no, let's quadruple that assumption. Like, and it just makes everything easier. Yeah. I think if, if we'd had this conversation a year ago, I would have said buffer is good, but like this particular thing, don't do it until later. Cause like in the early days, it, if you can hire one extra person, that just makes such a huge difference. And I, I get it. That's true. But unless there's some reason you're in a hurry, I, I think my attitude has changed on this. You should do mm-hmm. this from day one. Yeah. Build it in. If you can build a business with like 10x worse assumptions, like mm-hmm. like more challenging assumptions with buffer built in, 
it's going to make everything else easier. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's almost like fight, like for like it's like a self-imposed handicap of fight, like like fighting with a with an arm tied behind your back. And if you can figure, if you can win, then like you've got this huge like advantage when you un- yeah. when you unleash the arm. Um, so the hard anyway. thing is, it's always tempting to be like, is this the thing I'm going to spend that money on? And like, <laughs> I kept thinking, let's save up money, and then it's like, well, this person's real good. Let's go hire him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then related to having that that money, we also had enough extra profit last year that we added a 401k match. So that's that's one oh, of the bigger cool. things that happened over the last six months. It's not technically a match. It's a non-elective contribution, it's called. But um, oh, So you just put money in someone's 401k without asking them? Yeah. 3% yeah. of each employee's salary on top of their base salary you have go- goes on, into their 401k. Like, the other direction on employer benefits. Uh, so good mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> yeah. I still think it's wrong, but fuck it. If this is what people want, let's give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's look forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, before we do that, uh, 2021 is a pretty good year. Yeah. For both of us, yeah, yeah, I, it, was, it was big. I because we're the same age. You're, you're, I think, you're older in our grade than me. So you're probably 37 now. Yeah, I think so. You think so? I don't we're, really we're, keep track. Yeah, we're the same grade in school. I was. I'm, I'm kind of always kind of worried at this year. At, at this age, is stuff going to stop changing? Is it going to start feeling like life slows down? And it doesn't feel that way at all to me yet. This is a massive year of change for me. Um, yeah, we well, had a kid. I mean, that's yeah, kid, new job, <laughs> new business, uh, new. New, like new way of thinking and it's yeah but yeah it, it does it there's some like fall like fallacy of like some effect that refers to like you look past the like the, you look at the past 10 years and you go wow look how much i've changed but if you look forward 10 years you like i'm not going to change at all um, yeah but yeah it's it's it, you always do it has to, I, I do think it slows down at some point like the the, the average 60 year old i know i don't think is like that different from when they were 50 i think but maybe i'm wrong about that maybe that was just what i thought when i was a kid looking at old people i feel like if your grand you know, a grandparent heard you say that they would be like you are so unwise you were so yeah, young that's probably true well good uh, i'd love to be thought of as young and stupid for as long as possible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well tell me um uh, what what are your your personal themes for 2022 yeah so i've got um it's not quite a mantra, but something like it for this year that I've been testing out for the last two weeks, and I think it's been going well. Uh, I want to spend more time working, but on my own terms. Mm. And let me explain what I mean by this. When starting Less Knowing CRM, and really for the first many years of the company, I worked a lot, but it never felt like I was pushing myself because I wanted to. Like I, I just loved the work. There was nothing else I wanted to do with my time, so I did it. That has stopped. I still enjoy the work, but I look back at 2021 and one of my big regrets is I basically had a nine to five job. Like I stopped working at five uh, and I, I kind of did a little reflection like why, if I like what I'm doing, why am I stopping at five? Um, and the answer I came to is it's, well, it has to do with kind of manager versus maker work. That if I spend all day like doing stuff, it's not that I hate the manager work, but the, the like having meetings and like today I had to update like three different parts of our wiki because like one because of this compensation thing changing and another because our recruiting strategy is changing. And when you do all that at five, five hits and it's just like, I don't, I'm not in the groove on anything. So I guess I'll stop. What I want more of is to get in the groove where I want to work. Um, so I have specific ways I plan on doing that. But that's my theme. I, I want to work more hours in 2022 than I did in 2021, but I want it to feel less like work. Interesting. Okay. Um, go on. 
Okay. So yeah, I've been I've been trying a couple little hacks, one of which is just something you've talked about a lot before, I think, which is time boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who don't know time boxing, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, I think it's just like, I'm going to set aside this time on my calendar to do this thing rather than just like wait for things to come in and distract you basically. Yep. I've been doing that, but in a slightly different way, which is I, I have a rule for myself now when five o'clock hits, I put down whatever is on my, I, I snooze every email in my inbox and I close my task list and I just work on whatever I want. Hmm. Um, there's a lot so going I, on there. There's all kinds of like, uh, hacks, yeah, uh, right. mind hacks going on right there. <laughs> yeah. Good. Uh, so yeah, like mostly design stuff. Um, it, and it's been great. Like I've, I've been working late. I don't want to work late every night to be clear. Like I have a wife and friends and stuff, but, uh, if I think my goal is two nights a week, I want to work till eight, nine, 10 PM and we're only a couple weeks in, but I've been doing that. That's awesome, um, dude. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and yeah, why? Why do I'm interested in what you were doing? Do, do, do you have like a reflection where it's like, oh, I don't like how I'm spending my time from five to ten, and I'd rather spend it doing stuff that is more fulfilling than what I'd spend it on? Is that what's doing this? Or I'm just wondering, like, how yeah. you recognize that this was something you wanted to change? Yeah, it's a combination of things. Like, I um, there there is a fair amount of sitting on the couch watching TV in my life, and I like doing that a lot. But I don't need to do it every night. Um, so that's part of it. Part of it is so. Th- so the flip side of this is it's not that I want to work nine to five plus work at night. It's that I want nine to five to feel more optional um, mm. because I know I earned it basically. Um, so like I've uh, another thing I have here is for for exercising. I, I, I was exercising, but it's like, I wake up and I have to do it in the morning before work and it sucks. And so now I'm just like, the moment I feel like it, I'm just going to take an hour, hour and a half off work, go exercise, shower, and then I'll just work late tonight. That's, that's easy. That, that is honestly like the, the healthiest exercise schedule is one where it's like, whenever I feel the best about working out, I'm going to go. Cause it happens at, at one time every day. And it's not, it's not usually the same time every day. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that idea. I think that's so healthy. Cool, and and yeah, like yesterday, I uh, we my wife and I went over to my parents' house, and four o'clock hit, and we were both done. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't quote unquote done with work, but she was done, and I was like, yeah, sure, let's just go at four. And I I worked pretty late the night before, so I'm like, no problem. Uh, so it's just, uh, I think it's calmer for me. This is this just suits my lifestyle a lot better. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I think I think if I were in your position, I'd want to do something very similar too. It's like you're what you're really doing is you're you're investing in flexibility. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I would feel so guilty about like I kind of have a leaders eat last type of mentality. There's no way I would take I would go off at four if I if I started at nine and otherwise was working a nine to five schedule because it's like not fair to the rest of the team. But if I'm working fifty hours a week. But it's at a non non standard time. I'm not going to feel bad about that at all. I love it. Yep. Cool. I love it. Um, all right. We just spent a long time on me, but let me run through some. Uh, the, the the other big thing I, I mentioned, or actually, let me pass it off to you, and then I'll I'll do my other ones. In cool. A so so um, I'm going to stick with like I don't have a theme really unifying everything. I've got my life is very compartmentalized right now, mm-hmm. um, but I'll, so I'll put it into like uh, kind of four buckets here. On the personal side, um, now that I'm, I got sleep taken care of. I've got, um, I've adjusted to fatherhood. I want to reprioritize 
my daily personal health habits that like the list of things that I know if I check the box on every day that, um, I'm like, okay, I don't regret that day. Like I felt like I, I took care of myself. Oh my God. Sorry. Can I pause real quick? I scrolled past the personal thing and I gave my work one out of order. I'm so sorry. I didn't even say my personal one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I was wondering what was going on there. I was like, confused, but I figured it was a theme thing and then yeah, you're going to come back to it. It'll work. I'll come back to it. Go Um, ahead. (laughs) So my personal, my personal stuff, but like, um, so, so the way I'm going to, so one theme one is daily, uh, personal health habits. I want to get back to waking up at 5 a.m. and writing in the morning and working out before the rest of the family rises. Um, it's the only way I can guarantee that I'm going to do those two things. Um, mm-hmm. If I can do that before 5 a.m., before I start work, then that's great. And then the other big thing is I want to get back to uh, tr- doing daily calorie tracking um, where I have a little app on my phone where I just track what I put in my body. And I don't really need to like go on a diet or anything. If I just track my calories, um, I usually eat less and more mindfully and it, uh, balances out. So I'm not, I'm not trying to go on like some major diet. I just want to like do a better job of yeah. being more mindful of what I am eating. Can I rat you out real quick? Yeah. You had one of my favorite diets ever back when we were roommates, when we were like 22 living in park city. Do you remember what it was? Like the Adkins diet? No, it was so much stupider than that. It was no cheese except on weekends. That was your diet. And you would eat so much fucking cheese on the weekends. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably something from the wrestling days. Where it's like, yeah, like so stupid rule that it was like not healthy at all. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just had to share that. But uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, just just seeing, I, I do this with... um my weight and exercise, and I try not to eat beef more than twice a week. I just write it on a big calendar I have on my wall and just seeing, I, yeah, I, I don't have a diet. I just see my weight every day and it's like, oh, okay, got to do something about that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's theme one. Uh, theme two uh, per, on the personal side is spend more quality time with Sable and Oliver. And I, I think this is going to be hard. This is actually going to be really hard for me to hit. Um, I have this broken down into kind of two two fo- areas of focus. One is I'd like to have a date with Sable most weeks. Um, a lunch date counts here. So uh, I just want to try to figure that out. And then I want to start taking Oliver with me to go do things. Um, I really haven't um, put him in the car and just gone and do stuff. But I go run errands. Like I want to get some one-on-one time with him going and like go to the park or mm-hmm. I don't really go on errands to the park, but like if I'm going, you know, to the grocery store, take him with me, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Get a little more, a little more use out of that time. Then mm-hmm. yeah. What other, yeah. I like it. Um, I guess I should back up and do my personal ones. I just got too excited to jump into the business. You got a good business one. I had, I was proud of it and then I yeah. blew it by saying it at the wrong time. Okay. So my personal, uh, goals. So, one is to plan for travel as part of my relationship once COVID more allows for it. And what I mean by this is um, Shelly and I are both fairly contentable people. Like Some people just need constant adventure and all this, and we're not like that really. But one thing she needs that I don't is she just feels like she's missing out on life if she's not going on like one or two really interesting trips a year. Um, I don't dislike it. It's just I don't need it. But... I think for the health of the relationship, I need to like budget for it, both time, like vacation time and money to, to just make those one or two trips really special, uh, in a way that I didn't have the money for it before. And now I do. So let's do it. Yeah. And it takes a lot of planning and coordination to make that happen twice a year. Like that's a big, that's a big thing. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't really have to. She's the type of person who, when she's sitting on the couch, she's like on her computer looking up trip stuff. Yeah. So I don't have to do that type of planning. I just have to like have money and make sure I don't take vacation too much in other ways and just make sure it's, uh, there's the space for it basically. Yep. Um, and then my other one, um, actually, I mean, I mostly covered this in, in my, with my theme, work theme, but I want to build what I need to do into my schedule without needing willpower. So I talked about this with exercise mm -hmm. already. Um, but just generally, I, I don't have, I don't need willpower to do the things I need to do. Like I'm lucky that I just naturally am fine doing it but I'm bad at forcing myself to do it at the wrong moment. So I just want to have a lot more flexibility in my schedule. I love it. So yeah, I'm beating a dead horse there. I already said that. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so I did have a couple other professional themes, uh, things that are more specific. I kind of gave the high level thing specifically. Uh, I said, I, I want to be a product designer and that means I want to get more of an actual formal understanding of this. So uh, one of our listeners, I forget who, and I'm sorry, but if, if you're listening, thank you. Back in the day, I mentioned this. One of our listeners reached out and said, Shift Nudge is the name of a, the design course to take. Um, so I just, I, I actually, I got on the list right when that recommendation was given, but it's one of these things where they open it up once it's a, a year or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, they just opened it up. I just paid. I'm, I've, I've only done a few lessons, but I'm planning on going through that. Um, and just like giving myself a lot of time to design things. And then I have some other random things that, Honestly, now I'm looking at them like these are too specific. But one thing I will say is uh, <laughs> I'm running the fellowship again this summer. Um, the person who ran the fellowship for us, and as a reminder, that's we bring people in during the summer and teach them how to code. Uh, she left the company and there's been some, in, uh, what are we going to do next summer? So what I'm going to do is I'm taking total ownership over it and I'm going to change it a little bit where instead of teaching people to code, I'm going to take people who have started learning to code either in college or a boot camp or something like that, but aren't at a point yet where they can um, get a real internship or a real job. And I'm going to try to be that bridge for them because there's mm -hmm. a lot of resources for beginners. There's not a lot of resources after you get through that boot camp. What's next? So I want to kind of be that bridge. Well, I want to be in the fellowship. Yeah. Move to I, St. I Louis. Need that, I need that bridge. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're looking for an entry level developer job. <laughs> no, but like I do, like there is like this. I feel like I've I've got the entry level chops, but I don't yeah. know how to put that into like a professional practice now. But not that I should. Right. Um, anyway, no. sorry. I took. Doesn't matter. No, um, no yeah, I got that, you. I like the that's idea cool. about the fellowship, though. Like, so um, I I like that iteration. It seems like that'll be more like fun and may potentially even lead to um, better outcomes for less annoying CRM as well. Yeah, I, th I think it, it checks a lot of boxes. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll be a failure. But yes, it's much more likely we get employees out of this because it's it's really hard to take someone who's not currently trying to get into tech and be like, hey, why don't you change your whole life and do this thing? I think it'll be, these people are already trying to do this thing. Uh, I think it'll be easier to recruit because we just go, they're already recruiting channels for all these jobs. We just find the people who aren't getting jobs yet. Um and then I also think it'll take a lot less time because in past summers, when we have people who are, we've had some people like this, they were kind of the anomalies who already knew how to code a little bit. They take like a one hour meeting once a week. And I'm just like, hey, uh, let me tell you database is the next thing you need to learn. Here's a website to, that'll teach it to you. Let me know if you have any questions, basically. Mm. Uh, it doesn't take nearly as much hands-on uh, kind of educating. So I th it's I think much more of a mentorship good. fellowship versus a uh, teaching fellowship. 
Exactly. And we're in a much better position to do that. Like, I don't have to do it all this way. I can just pair each fellow up. I'm going to run it still, but I can pair each fellow up with a developer on the team and be like, they are a professional software engineer. Whatever you need, they they know. So, yeah. That's cool. What else? How about you? Well, that's that's all my professional. I, I'm going to skip the other professional stuff. I don't oh, know what I was thinking. I feel like <laughs> I, I want to, um, I, I like to hear about the shift. Okay. Um. So this is related to the product-led growth thing I said. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, I've used the term product-led growth incorrectly, thinking make the product better, that'll that'll help growth. Um, I think you can break all of the things we've worked on in the past into two categories, either technical debt, meaning like paying off technical debt, meaning like we're going to refactor our code to be more efficient, or we're going to switch from this framework to that framework or whatever. And then building core CRM features. So like basically, what are our customers asking for? Thinking of us as a CRM, let's let's build those things. There are two other categories that I want to work into the mix going forward. One is what I'm calling strategic projects. And what that means, my long-term goal is that Lessonwing CRM is not just a CRM. Mm-hmm. I want it to still be useful in all the ways it's useful, but I want it to be a suite of products. You know this, I've said this a million mm-hmm. times before. So a strategic project, I, I've broken it down into six categories. Contacts, calendar, tasks, messaging, email, and notes. I want those to be our six things. Anything that makes contacts better is not strategic because it's already, contacts are not our weakness right now. Anything that makes those other things better is strategic, in my Hmm. opinion, right now. Yeah. Um, So I want to work those things in. And then the final category is growth, which is like there is a specific way I can picture this feature getting us customers or increasing our average account size or something like that. Um, so my goal is instead of just having these two things, by the end of the year, I want our product team to be split roughly evenly across four things. Cool. I like this. I like that a lot. Tell, go through your other goals too. I think these are important to say out loud. <laughs> okay. Okay. feel a little self-indulgent, but I like no, talking okay. about me. No, it's okay. It's good. No, it's good. <laughs> these are, um, these, what do they call these? Uh, not... What do you say? What, what do you say? What do you call what you say out loud? It makes you more likely to do it. Oh yeah. Um, I want to say both. aspirations, but it's not the right thing. Manifestation. No. Yeah. Uh, it's like that vision board thing. Anyway, yeah. we're both brain farting at the same time here. Uh, okay. So one of them, I'm going to quick tangent. Um, I was listening to a different podcast and I forget which one it was, but they were talking about, uh, you get like you, a, a product team with, you know, we've got, whatever, six developers, something like that, stuff gets shipped every day. And stuff that's nice gets shipped every week or every month. You can't tell customers about all that. It it would just overwhelm them. You get like, call it six blog posts a year where you actually get to announce something big to a customer and act like nothing else you do matters. What are those six going to be? And I think that was a really helpful thing for me to think about. And then from there, I turned it into, well, what's the biggest one? What's the one I'm going to be most excited about? Our customers won't be very excited about this one, but uh, I will be. And that is, I want to do a redesign um, version 3.9. So I might refer to this as 3.9. Um, our product has been ugly forever, just because that's not my strength as a designer. And this ties into me wanting to be a better designer. My, I am committed to this year by the end of this year, less annoying CRM when someone with good design taste, not like a me, I'm not talking about like a professional designer, but someone like you or me signs up for less annoying CRM. I don't want them to think, oh, this is a CRM for old people, or this is a CRM for people who don't care about design. I want them to think, 
this this looks like a prof- actually the term I heard a coworker today use this term. She said this looks more expensive. She was looking at the new design. She said this looks more expensive. I want people to log in and be like, yeah, this is an expensive design. Hmm. Uh, so I I'm like excited it. about that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a and that kind of scratches your your product designer itch too. I like that one. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, how do you how, um do you have that spec like what three point nine looks like or. I have a starting point. I actually posted on Twitter about it today, uh, asking for feedback. I've got like, I think I've had enough opportunities for people to tell me it's ugly that without people telling me it's ugly, that I'm I'm willing to go down that path. But there's still a lot of work to do. Mm, okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't worry about this one getting done at all. Yeah. It's, no, it's in your it's in your um, passion project. Yeah. When I snooze everything at five p.m., this is I, I open this up. That's what I'm working on. Mm. Um, cool. and then, yeah, that ties into, I already kind of shared the other one, but two blog post worthy releases per quarter. So, uh, I said the number six, I guess this technically means the number is eight, but I don't just want to put out a bunch of little crap that a year for like the fact that I can't over the last six months, I'm like, I don't know, we worked on stuff, but I can't like, what's the highlight. I can't tell you a year from now. I want to be like, you're not like zap, zap your integrations. The, the biggest one coming up. It's like, I can't believe we don't have it yet. It's kind of embarrassing, but in a year, I'm going to look back and be like, can you believe we didn't have Zapier integration and now we do? Like, that's pretty yeah. big. That's a big release. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So two two per quarter. Those will be fun to talk about as they come. Yeah. It's nice having a team. They, they get stuff done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, on to you. Yeah. So professional themes, I broke these up into two. Um, I'll, talk, I'll talk about Windfall first. So um, my theme uh, with Windfall is I want to help scale Windfall the right way. Um, one thing I'm, I'm really enjoying about being full-time and in the high growth startup atmosphere is being able to practice some of the leadership uh, skills um, that I've been working on uh, during my time away or time off is the wrong word, but like time, um, you know, kind of reflecting from people keep. And um, so, uh, you know, what, what I really did wrong, I think at people keep was I, I would prioritize performance over people. And I think, Maybe what I've been trying at some point if people keep I tried to figure out like oh do you prioritize people then over performance and it's not that either it's there's a balance between performance and people that I want to find and I I want to figure out how to prioritize both of those at the same time um, mm-hmm. at Windfall and then I want to be a team player uh, really want to be uh, thought of like be collaborative in my role and then whatever um, responsibilities are given to me I want to um, deliver on those I don't really have the ability it's different than what I'm used to like I can't set the company direction. So right. I have to like kind of be open to whatever I'm asked to do and, and do it. Um, I just love it. There's something so elegant about just d- d- deliver on my responsibilities at every single person. If they just did that, yep. <laughs> like that's everything. Yep. So that's windfall. Um, like a pelt. So, um, my theme for like a pelt is support the growth of like a pelt. I'm, I'm not going to be like, I don't have a ton of time to work on like a pelt. Um, but, uh, I, my my number one objective, and this has to do with my biggest worry, which I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna skip to my biggest worry, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest worry right now, Lego Pelt is retaining JD for the long term, or not being able to, I guess. And so, um, my number one priority is structuring a partnership and financial plan that enables JD to go full time. Um, at very minimum, commit another year, but like hopefully, like he he's able to say like, oh yeah, this year and then some. Um, so that's priority number one. Priority number. So if we can get a partnership plan and financial plan in place that JD says J, that JD goes yes, I'm uh, and he goes full time on, um, that's a win. 
Nice. Uh, then we want to grow the business to 400 clients. Um, this, that will probably require us bringing on an additional employee. Um, I think. Uh, what, what are you at right now? Uh, Number uh, of clients? About 50. Okay. Um, so, uh, so you'd be at about 10,000 MRR ish if you're at 400 clients. 25, uh, th- almost 30. Thousand? Yeah. Oh, eight X. I did four X. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think, um, it'll, uh, yeah, I, so that, that'll, that, that more than supports, um, I bring on another employee and then, uh, I want like this, my big contribution, like if I have any time on the weekend, uh, for weekend work or product stuff is I want to fully automate the new user onboarding experience. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there to narrow in on our marketplace focus and fully automate the agent of record switch, um, that right now requires a little bit of manual work. Um, but, uh, those are my three big goals. Is the point of the automation to save your team time or to make the user experience better or both? Both. Um, I, it's both. Okay, yeah. cool. Win-win. I like yeah. it. 400 clients. I mean, I, you know better than me how realistic that is, but like that would be like if you got the business growing like that when you're just working occasional nights and weekends, I mean, that would be that would be a real startup to last story right there. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be huge. And um, listen, JD's amazing. Um, yeah. He, so I, 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 the only right way I feel comfortable throwing that out there is because of him. And uh, it, it, the way I got here, if anyone's interested, is um, I think like I think it's reasonable to have like if we can if we can identify a a, a thousand like let's just say t- there's two hundred thousand people in Utah plus who buy their own health insurance. If we can identify a thousand of those people and have like get them to like consider a conversation with us. Um, I think we can convert 40% of those, uh, to, to, you know, to our agency at some point. Um, yeah, why not? I, I, mean, I just, I it's just free to them and yeah. they probably don't have an agent right now. So exactly. like, why not? <laughs> exactly. So, and I'm sure there's, there's way more nuance than that, but like, um, anyway, th- that's what a uh, very simple focus for leg up health this year. Yeah. Cool. A comment on the, maybe this leads in, you already said what your biggest worry is, which is going to be our next segment. You said mm-hmm. it's retaining JD. Not that, like what I'm about to say, I'm not saying you should run your business with this as your main priority, but I something I really like about you taking that so seriously, I feel very, very lucky that the first three people who joined Less Knowing CRM, myself included, are still there. Even if we had as good of a team, but people cycled in and out and we didn't have anyone from the original crew, it would just be different. It would be less fun, if I'm being honest, because it's so much fun to talk to the people who were there in the early days and appreciate what happened and the growth and stuff like that. And even if you lost JD three years from now and replaced him with someone else, which might happen, I'm not saying like, like you can't control that, but uh, I think it's really worth trying to get people to buy in long-term for your own personal happiness in addition to all the other reasons. Agreed. And uh, yeah, honestly, like goes back to like my biggest learning, like learning from last year. It's like, Oh, it's way more fun. Way yeah. more fun. Um, um, probably the most helpful person in getting me here was talking to Michael, um, about oh. his experience from his perspective, uh, being one of the first hires at, uh, or being the first hire at less knowing CRM non-founder. Hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Michael's so, the head of the customer service team right now. For yeah. Server yeah. Yeah. And so he, he, I talked to him about JD when I was thinking about bringing J, you know, getting, J, getting JD involved and shout to you, Michael, cause you helped me a ton to think through like, oh, how powerful it could be, um, 
uh, getting him involved versus like an entry level employee. Yeah. Great. I'm glad to hear it. Um, I guess my biggest worry, like I said, it's kind of going to be pretty similar to last year's. It's, it's, it's always going to be growth until we have some kind of engine that I just feel really comfortable in. But uh, growth did slow down quite a bit at the end of 2021. I said it was like an okay year. We were having a great year. And then the last few months were weak. The last two months were actually negative, which mm. aside from the first two months of the pandemic, we've never had a negative month. Or I mean, the last time we did was like 2011 or something like that. Uh, so this is different. Now, I, it is somewhat expected. I don't fully have my head wrapped around the, the math here, but um, what we've found is that the bigger we get, the more our customer... The bigger we get, the more churn matters, right? That's true for everyone. Churn is worse between Thanksgiving and New Year's because nobody's, well, sorry, I take it back. Churn is not worse. Signups go way down and churn is the same, uh, which means for whatever, again, I can't explain the math here, but we have seen time and time again, as we get bigger, the good months get better and the bad months get worse. So we kind of expected the holiday period to start going negative and then we make up for it else other times. I think it'll be fine. I, I again, I, I literally wrote two years ago. I wrote a blog post to the company that's like, I think this is going to happen, and then it did. But still, when it happened, I'm like, are we going to come back from that? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this month has been January is normally a little weird because it's like good, but you're you have a lot of mo- momentum to make up. Like the free trial pipeline sucks because no one signed up in December. Mm. So we're having a, a January, I would expect. I think February will be good and we'll bounce back and all that. But until we've bounced back, I'm just nervous that our growth engine is like that we're plateauing basically. Yeah. Well that's we'll need an update on that in two weeks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um yeah, it'll it'll probably be a couple months before I, I feel confident saying we're out of the woods or not, but um, we're. Pro- I think I, I have this concern every year, but I I do have. The bigger you get, the more it's like, wow, people depend on this for a living. <laughs> when we were small, it was like, oh, whatever. Like if if we lose all our revenue, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like, way more stressful. Um, but you have a uh, treasury now for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it, we're in a much better financial position than we have ever been, but growth is just always on on my mind. Um. All right, what do we want to learn this coming year? You can guess what mine is because I've already been talking about it. But design, I talked about shift nudge. Um, I think I I think I've been uh, I think I'm naturally a good usability type designer. I can figure out if someone lo- like looks at this for the first time, they're going to know how to use it. It's going to be intuitive, and that's why our product has been successful with our customers. I want to fill in that other side where it also just looks really nice and expensive. Yeah, yeah <laughs> expensive. I like that. B- bougie. Mm-hmm. Yep. How about you? Um, I, so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this actually, because I I tend to go on a lot of tangents when I'm, when I'm reading and stuff and, and not get focused, but I really, um, the theme that I want to focus on um, with my newsletter for learning purposes is, um, breaking down the first principles of leading others, which I would say like influence is one motivation, habits, trust, negotiation, I kind of see communication as part of that. And then decision-making is another piece really get into the weeds on those um, and then kind of reconstruct my, from the bottom up, my, my leadership philosophy. Um, and so I, that's hopefully what I'll be able to spend most of my Sundays um, uh, with my newsletter on. Do you think this learning primarily happens from just reading what other people like, is this theory or is it like 
reflecting on what you're doing in practice and more in the trenches type of learning? What do you expect? It's, it's all of the above. So it's, it's my own experience plus, um, reading other people's, uh, like thought leaders, um, mm-hmm. reading side, like I love, um, the, uh, you know, what, I don't forget what they're called, but not research papers, but academic papers, um, uh, you know, I, I like it all, uh, any, any information possible. Um, and then, but trying to get to like the core, like basics, um, and put and put and construct that back together. Um, hmm. I, I just, the, 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 um, and then what I'm finding is that a lot of these basic leadership principles have so many other applications in like, for example, marketing or, um, sales, uh, for example, that, um, there's some, the reason I, I want to focus, I chose to focus on this one is I think it'll help with everything else. Yeah. This is an, like, you always write interesting stuff on your blog as a result of reading interesting stuff, but I feel like I haven't noticed much of a theme. Um, but this, this would be interesting enough of a theme. Like if, if you deliver on this goal, uh, you could have a book just Mm, saying like, I've kind of formed a unified theory of how this stuff all connects. Not that you should be thinking about writing a book right now. Uh, Not not at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I've got, um, the really big win here, um, for last year's, I really do have a strong, uh, like very, uh, continuous, like writing cycle that just builds and builds. And I'm like past the point of like it being hard to write stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I just need to get fo- a little bit more focused. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Predictions. All right. Predictions. The last part I'm going to, I'm so, I'm so mad at this part. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Why don't you go first? Uh, so I said asynchronous video was going to become, uh, a bigger and a, I said will become big in a professional setting. I don't think that's happened. Um, it's definitely gotten bigger. Um, so I, I sort of said this pushed. Um, I, I I thought it would be like further along. Honestly, like even Slack yeah. Slack rolled out a feature, but I don't see it getting used in any of the Slack groups I'm in. Um, I you know my like I thought I would use Marco Polo more. I didn't use Marco Polo nearly as much. Um, anyway, it's a uh, it, but it yeah I I want it, I want it to be used more and I'm more willing to use it myself, but I didn't use it more. Well, I'll say I did a lot. Like, I think roughly a year ago, ZipMessage launched. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, in terms of mainstream adoption, you can't say, like, async video is big because of ZipMessage because it's still relatively niche right now. But I'll tell you, it affected my life a whole lot. I, I find myself every single day doing some communication in ZipMessage these days. Well, that makes me feel better about this prediction. Yeah, you you got it right for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, I, early, my, you're an early adopter though in this type of stuff. I am. I I didn't list this as a goal for this year because it might take longer than this. But I uh, I really want to start pushing customers to interact with us on ZipMessage, and I think that's probably what it takes to get. We're not big enough, but you know, if like Verizon was like the way you interact with customer service is you send us an asynchronous video, that that's probably what it takes. Um, I want to play my little tiny role in that, but we'll see. What did you say um, your prediction was? Well, last year it was um, that San Francisco will, like, I, th- I thought that San Francisco, which in 2010, that decade was fantastic for startup opportunity, had kind of been taken over by big tech in a way where it was so expensive and um, the rounds were so big and just going to the, uh, you know, the few winners, it wasn't like a good place of opportunity for everybody else. And I kind of said with the pandemic and people leaving and hopefully rent prices dropping and stuff like that, that it would become better. Uh, I see no evidence of that. I, you know, I got to call that a fail. <laughs> I've been there a couple of times since you made yep. that prediction. <laughs> yep. 
That was more wishful. Th- I'm going to do more wishful thinking this year too. Cause okay, uh, let's hear it. Well, so first of all, I'm mad at you because I hadn't read what yours was last year or what yours was going to be this year. So I have a prediction that I don't like. And (laughs) literally today I came in and I came up with two other predictions for next year. And both of them you took. One was the asynchronous video thing. uh, I took that a year ago. You took that a year ago. And then the other one, I won't say what the other one was because I'll wait for you to give it. But I was like, damn it, Rick wrote that. Not the exact same thing, but a very similar thing down. Well, just okay. tells you how unoriginal I am. Yeah, well, or or we're both right, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> um, I went with, uh, this is, again, this is wishful thinking. I, I don't know how much I actually believe this, but I just can't get away from people talking about NFTs and Web3 on Twitter and stuff like this. Uh, and meme stocks, like the whole GameStop thing and all that. There's just, the world has never had a greater appetite for speculative bullshit than it does right now. I think that will have calmed down a year from now. I'm not saying this stuff is going to zero. I'm not saying there's zero future for Web3, but I'm saying like this just totally senseless, like this ugly picture of an ape is $400,000 for no reason at all. I, 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 it feels to me like the we're about at a tipping point of enough people getting scammed, getting screwed, enough mainstream celebrity. I know a lot of celebrities are coming out in favor of it, but enough are coming out being like, this is stupid. I hope that we all see the emperor has no clothes in the year 2022. That's mine. I don't know enough about this to disagree, but I feel like you're wrong. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the way for me to be right is an economic collapse. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'd like to think that the bubble just slowly deflates, but what would definitely do this is if there's like a recession, all this, this is the first thing to go in a recession. I don't feel like anyone's like, yeah, I guess it's like art. I feel like it's like, yeah. Were you going to say it's like art? I think it is like art where like people aren't going to sell it. Normal fucking people are not buying (laughs) $400,000 pieces of art. Like this is... This is like, ballooned beyond it's a status thing, though. Like, and I think like uh, the same people who buy really expensive art buy it for the reasons that they buy it's status buying. If if extremely rich people, if the people who buy expensive art were the ones doing NFTs, I'd be like, fine, play your dumb rich per- people game. But you it's turning into happening? like this. No, I think I, people are like, I want my kids to be able to go to college, so I bought an NFT. Oh, okay. It's well, very concerning. Yeah, what's I, didn't, happening. I didn't know that was happening. That's that's terrible. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's FOMO, right? If if other people are making easy money, you you feel like, and, and you don't have enough money. I, I get it. I get why people are getting into it, but I can't imagine that this is a good savings plan. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, fingers crossed. <laughs> what, so what's your prediction? My oh, prediction, yeah. and the, the one I stole from you apparently, um, is uh, I, well, and this is really obvious. I don't think this is any, like, I, I, I really struggle with these. I, I actually don't like this exercise. Um, so, but Maybe we'll I, stop next year. Yeah, maybe we'll stop next year. But it. like, yeah, uh, but it's it's fun conversation. I think like what I noticed. Um, so I bought a VR headset. I bought a VR headset like five years ago, four years ago. Whenever Facebook first bought Oculus and like came with the original Rift, I bought one. Um, so I'm like early adopter here with gaming and stuff. But like, I walked into Best Buy to help my nephew buy a computer uh, right before Christmas, and. I saw the new Oculus. Um, I don't think it's called Rift anymore, but it's uh, something else. And I think it's just called the Oculus, right? Yeah, the something Oculus like too. Yeah, and Oculus too. And 
the big difference is now they don't have any sensors. It's just pure, completely wireless, battery pack, charged, connects to Wi-Fi. And I bought it for 300 bucks. Um, you don't need a computer to run it or anything like that. And I just realized, wow, like this is as accessible as a PlayStation um, you know, or a new Xbox. And so, and I bought it just because I was like, wow, that's like, it's, it's here. It's here. I don't want to miss out. And so I think like one thing that's going to happen in this year is that VR like gaming and experiences is, are, is going to be as commonplace as like, do you remember when the Wii came out? Yeah. And everyone was like bowling with the Wii. Um, that's going to happen with VR this year. Grandparents are going to be doing VR. Um, I have no idea what this means because I still think there's some like, serious like limitations in terms of um, what VR can do. Like the battery dies within two hours of play. Um, it's not even that like an hour of play. And, um, there's some like significant, like, uh, experience limitations. Like it's not that comfortable of a thing to wear. Right. You get dizzy. People get like kind of dizzy and stuff like that. Yeah. I think the movement is the big thing for uh, the only time I've ever used one was when you, I, I went to your place and you had that, the older mm-hmm. one, but the, any, anything where you're sitting in a chair works, mm-hmm. anything where you need to move it's hard, you know, you hit limitations pretty quickly, I feel like. Well, the new one is really nice because assuming you have enough space, everything is video. They have, All the cameras are on the headset. So there yeah. is no sensor or cord, so you can move around pretty great. I get that, but you're still, you're constrained by the space you're in. And like th- that one game you had me play, which is, it's kind of like the uh, war game they play in Ender's Game where there's no gravity. Yeah. You like, yeah, I can see it looks like there's no gravity. And then I fell over and hit yeah. my head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But, but okay so like where am i going with this i just think something cool is gonna happen i don't know what but like we're gonna start doing things in vr that um you know we we haven't even considered doing um mm-hmm. in vr and i don't know what it's gonna be but the the thi- but i don't think it's gonna be as big as what what like I, it could be until VR gets more comfortable. Like, it's I mean, just, do you think it's the metaverse? Like, that's what Mark Zuckerberg would say. Is it's not it's not just playing a normal video game. It's like living, not not fully living, but like a more like a, a second world, basically. I mean, that's how gaming's always been for me. When I play online with, like, I've been I've been an early like since I was a little kid online gamer, and it's a it's a it's a new another world, new different friends, different um you know different name um and mm-hmm. yeah, so I totally buy into that, but I don't think that VR is bringing that any anything new to that except maybe it's a little bit more immersive. Yeah. So mine mine on this was going to be slightly different, which is I was going to take the angle of business. Mm. My reasoning for that, I I I think VR for gaming will be a thing for sure. Uh, no no doubt about that. But I do think it's limited in that it's not a good social experience. Like you're, if you're actually physically with other people, you're now basically effectively not. And even when you're virtual, people can't see your face yet. I don't know. There, there's all these things of like meetings in the metaverse and it's like worse than zoom. If <laughs> at least that's how it looks to me. Cause you can't see anyone's facial expressions. I think there's a lot of hurdles to overcome there. What it's good for is when you're sitting in a chair doing something solitary. And what is that? That's work. Um, and, and video games, certain video games, but I actually think VR, I was going to say my prediction until I saw yours, VR as a tool for work. Like for example, I want to work on an airplane. I don't have all my monitors here, but it doesn't matter. I've got my VR headset. I think that would go not fully mainstream, but a little bit this mm, year. Interesting. Yeah. First step. I mean, I think, listen, first step is getting everyone on a VR headset. And I think that's going to happen this year. Is there one that, so I refuse to give Facebook money. 
and it, the only one you ever hear about is Oculus. Is there a number two? Like, what? what's the other option? I don't know. Yeah, I just have to wait for Apple to put one out, I guess. Man, you're a hater. I'm no fuck Facebook. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Oculus is not getting my money. Well, uh, that's um, man. I was hoping you would get an Oculus so we could be friends in the metaverse. Yeah, I'd love to, but um, can I can I buy you one? And that way, you don't have to like. Don't you have to have a Facebook account too? I don't have a Facebook account. You don't have to have a Facebook account, but they. I thought it, this it was their whole scandal that they it is integrated it. into it. Mm. Once, once. Uh, Apple makes theirs. I'll, I'll play that with you. Hmm. I hate Apple too. I just hate them less. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, um, that's our, our plan for 2022. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about on this episode before we sign off? I don't think so, but maybe just like, this was awesome. It feels yeah. like I'm back home kind of. Uh, so I'm really excited we're doing this again. Anybody listening, thanks for not removing us from your subscription feed over the last six months. And yeah, hopefully uh, something like a bi-weekly cadence will be coming. Absolutely. Um, if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startuptolast.com. See ya.